With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal, the Arsenal podcast. I am Joy. I'm Boyd Hilton. I sometimes forget to say that. I know one cares. I'm joined by Matt Mason. Hello, Boyd. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> Good. Very uh, jolly opening. Yeah. Uh, formerly of Q Magazine. That's right. Yeah. Now a freelance journalistic operative. That's correct. Yes. And you were at the football match yesterday. We're recording this on Monday, in which Arsenal beat Manchester United two 0 Yeah, that's why I'm unusually jolly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Alan Alga's here. Always uh, jolly. Always. Um, uh, no, yesterday you were um, what can only be described as um, trolled by the great uh, John Cross of the Mirror. John Cross Mirror, I think. Today, today, today. Sorry, yeah, today. today. It's, all, yeah. it's all a blur. Times a blur. Yeah. Because you posted the betting, the odds of Arsene Wenger being in charge the first game of the next season. Which, which talk us through those. Odds? That's right. Well, at Betway, we've always been. Well, I say the right side of it. We've always been on the side of him staying. Yeah. So wherever all the other companies have been, we've always been the shortest about him staying. Yeah. And today we actually took an unprecedented step of going seven to one on, as oh. in pretty much he's staying. And. Um, John took great delight in yeah. telling everyone that it's probably the most painful tweet I've ever sent out. Um, yeah. Nine to two, the other side, if you want to back him to go. But to I mean, I was convinced he was staying anyway, but those odds illustrate um, around about uh, 70% chance he's uh, staying, Gosh. maybe 80 if you Mind you, margin, we, yeah. I remember, I seem to remember that uh, Donald Trump was 70% certain to be president. Oh, yeah, of America I mean, things like that. Before. Things like that have been turned over before, yeah. but I would say. In this instance, I mean, Arsenal have been well. I've done well not to to leak, or it might be that, as everyone says, that there there is no leak because there's nothing to leak. Yeah, and it's only in sort of one man's head. But we do believe that uh, he's staying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm joined by Jim East Lower. Good evening. As I like to call you, East, Eastlower.co.uk. That's right. Yeah, uh, you're a uh, strong presence oh, on Arsenal you. Twitter <laughs> and the blogosphere. Twenty four thousand followers. Mm. And you're at the match yesterday as well. I was, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. 
Well done. Yeah. I was as well. Alan, you're watching on TV. TV for me, yeah. Yeah. But which I want to ask you about that because, in fact, that's first thing. So we haven't got, by the way, if you're wondering where Sidekick Psychic Josh is, he's not here outrageously because he's got some event or something on. I don't he's know. up the road at Leighton Orient. Is that where he is? Yeah, he's oh, okay. uh, running an event for Christ. playing on the pitch there. Oh, fair enough. Well, Leighton Orient are a little lot of shit, aren't they? So yeah. they need all the help they can get, to be fair. Um, but he's not here, so there's no menu in it. I mean, you know, he's, he's kind of stopped drawing up a menu now anyway. The whole thing's anarchic these days we just we just talk about whatever but the starter on your menu is Maltesers the starter on my menu <laughs> thank you Alan is Maltesers because uh, Maltesergate Gate happened yesterday I don't know if you were aware, you were aware of this mm-hmm. I, I only was aware of it because I was just I was about to tweet some some stupid comment in a, in a lull there was a lull in the game funnily enough yesterday I, mean, I didn't think it was that bad a game but there were lulls during it and during a lull I was about to tweet and then I saw all this stuff about Gary Neville going on about Maltesers because he was spotted that two people on our bench were passing around Maltesers. You read this, Matt? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's now become Malteser Gate. And um, I'm going to go to you and to exp- you, the first part of the story. This is going to take up a lot of the podcast, by the way. I made no apologies about it. Maltesers are the new veggie burgers. So you, so what did he say, Gary? What, what was it? He, was, he was annoyed, presumably, implying that Arsenal players on the subs bench were so chillaxed and not taking yeah. them seriously. They're passing around fattening Maltesers. Is that what his problem was? Is that roughly what yeah. he said? Yeah. Um, he was discussing Mourinho was in the, at the stage of the game where he was making a few changes yeah. and uh, they went to Neville and said well how many changes would you make bearing in mind the game looks as if it's gone and obviously he's, bear, he's, he's got to bear in mind the, the Celta Vigo game this week and he started to say and then they showed a shot of the um, the fourth official being handed a slip which you have to hand in when you make a sub mm. and behind the fourth official on that left hand side of the tunnel that's where the grounds uh, staff sit yeah. and two of them are passing a bag of Maltesers around and Gary Neville for some reason suddenly thinks it's the Arsenal players which is ridiculous because they wouldn't be in the front row yeah. or that side of the bench no. and Twitter just takes it and runs with it as usual yeah. every clickbait site in the world saying it's players I mean uh, you know they were getting replies saying which players are they then because they're actually showing a picture and it's quite clear they're not Arsenal right. players they're in totally different yeah. tracksuit you'd thought he would recognise well, them well, you'd not think that as well players. but I, I suppose these days even if even if Neville has done it as a joke just to say yeah. I'd have passed around Maltesers there maybe he couldn't answer the question about who he'd take off <laughs> but after that obviously Every clickbait site in the world has run with it. It's even even sites today saying, yeah. "Was it? Wasn't it? No, it clearly wasn't. No, but it was two groundsmen. It's got, it was. Yeah, two, yeah, two, two groundsmen. Hard work. And by the way, I, I, I tweeted some of the best. The incredible coincidence was that I only I tweeted two things yesterday or Instagram them. One was about the pitch because I thought the pitch looked magnificent, particularly. So I produced a picture of the pitch. Fascinating, man. <laughs> so that so they were groundsmen. Responsible. They should be passing around fucking champagne yeah. as well as more teasers because we're bound to win round of the year wherever the award is and then the weird really weird coincidence for me was is that I had a packet of Maltesers uh, at the point where this Gary Neville thing happened happened to be eating them and I went to the match with Dan Baldwin formerly of this podcast and hopefully he'll be back one day and he was we were with his son Harry who's like six seven years old and every time I go to the match with Harry with little Harry I always buy him a packet of peanut M&M's and this is tradition every single time it's been going on for years except this week there were no peanut M&Ms on our bit of club level. In fact, there was no candy option apart from Maltesers. So Dan buys his son a packet of Maltesers and we're sharing them out happily. But I'm suspicious that the first time you go, you know, forever, there's only been Maltesers. It's I, the only I think this option. is the most elaborate alibi I've ever heard, Boyd. Well, that's a good alibi, isn't it? But it's doing this weird coincidence that 
people are pictured on the bench eating Maltesers. You can only buy Maltesers suddenly in our bit of the ground in club level. No other can. I think the whole thing is, a, is an elaborate um, publicity stunt. I mean, buy Maltesers. It sounds like a construction to get someone on the uh, the best Arsenal podcast in the land to start talking about Maltesers. It feels like you've oh. fallen into a marketing oh, trap. Oh, God, you're right. That's worked, isn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, I feel, chocolates are I feel absolutely stupid now. You think I'm negative about some of the things at our club. There's one guy straight said, that is so unprofessional. Then had it explained to you it was the ground staff and then still said it was unprofessional. <laughs> I'm thinking, what? The people That's who hilarious. mow the pitch can't eat Maltesers. That is brilliant. Christ. And I suddenly felt that, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm glad. Not I'm glad I brought it up because I do think those... of stupidity on the... <laughs> I'm, I do think those grounds people are allowed to. I mean, they, they can do what do they what like. Hell they like. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the actual game, I suppose. I suppose the, the main question is, as it often is when we win, and there's, I mean, we've won a few, haven't we, recently? I mean, Manchester United were diabolical, weren't they? Like, I was surprised. I mean, I know they're kind of, I mean, they've been, they've on this 25 match run, and half of them were draws. In fact, I did see, when I, when I was on the bus, I watched the aftermath on, on Sky, and I think Jamie Redknapp said it was the most boring, unbeaten run in history of football, which was quite right. They were terrible, and their tactics were just bizarre, I thought, against us. And it was almost like, we, like it, w- it would have been really even more embarrassing than ever not to have beaten them, and we managed it with a fluke goal and all that. So do you think. We're already getting carried away a little bit, Jim, with the fact that we beat Manchester United finally, uh, being a top six team, you know, finally. Or is it quite good news and they're at kind of roots of optimism? I, I, um, it's always nice to beat Man U, don't get me wrong, and uh, to, to put the Mourinho um, hoodoo to bed. But uh, it was a very peculiar game and, and they were, you don't, you know, they certainly, if you compare both of these sides, actually, not just Man United, but to, to, the, um, to the kind of spars, the spars of, of yesteryear, that it was a, it was a very... A, a sort of laboured performance from Man United. They didn't look at all good, and mm. they clearly putting all their eggs in the Europa League basket, which is um, which is, is is a risky thing to do. But um, it, it was a very odd kind of slow, um, a sort of complete lack of tension. I thought of the game and, and the atmosphere as a result was pretty similar as well. Yeah, yeah. The atmosphere was well, the atmosphere of the game. I mean, it was kind of it was it was very sunny, wasn't mm. it? In the end, it was a weirdly night, which I always think adds to a certain feeling of like teams being on holiday a little bit like that that mood but it, but um i thought the i thought we were, i mean i just thought the fact we had chances on goal like sh- shots on target um a few in the first half so did they to be fair and then that like i thought we were playing better and i can't i almost i'm finding it difficult to work out in my head the extent to which we were playing better as a team and as a unit and kind of dealing with the three at the back thing better and, you know, of no Giroud, which immediately makes everything, you know, faster and flowing better. Or just that it was down to them being so, their neg- negative tactics and them being just not great. What was your feeling? Um, I mean, it had that pre-season friendly feeling to it, partly because of the weather. Um, and, you know, it just, we were having shots on goal. They were having, you know, they had that chance. Rooney had that chance where Holding lost his mind. And I think <laughs> yeah. it's, I think it's because the players were, were slightly lax. I mean, I didn't take too much heart from the performance. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed a three minute period where, um, a flute goal that no amount of park buses can legislate for. And then Danny Welbeck scoring against his old club and celebrating. Yeah. That was magnificent. I really enjoyed that. But I walked to the game thinking, I can't remember walking to a United game like this with it feeling so insignificant. Mm. Um, and that's how the first half felt to me. You know, it was, it was played at a slower pace than normal. Um, you could see that United had come for the point. And to be honest, I think they would have got that point without, you know, that deflection. 
And then that's what Mourinho said. Yeah. And then the only thing that added tension really was was the fact that we got ourselves into a two 0 lead, which always puts me in mind of right, how are we going to fuck this one up? Yeah. And you know, there were a couple of occasions, the Rooney free kick, for instance. I thought, oh, here it comes. This ends to all. But aside from that, it, it just felt like a game played at seventy five percent pace. I think so. I I'm not sure we were that great. You know, we were mm. good. We were quite cohesive. We looked quite solid, but they were trash. Yeah, they were. Alan, I mean, we know how you feel, Alan, because you sent a um, a uh, tweet, uh, a DM tweet earlier today when we were kind of gathering, before we gathered, saying um, that I, I see some people are forgiving the North London derby defeat because we beat a half-bothered United in a friendly atmosphere. Our fan base is so binary at times, look forward to later. To which I replied, classic Alga pre-emotive strike. Which auto-corrected preemptive strike, obviously. So I'm annoyed that, yeah, that, that, that the iPhone corrects preemptive to pre-emotive. But apart from that, a fair point, well made. It's quite emotive as well, though. <laughs> and quite emotive, yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I'm really puzzled by some people in our, our fan base that have to, they have to celebrate every win as if it's the best win Arsenal have ever had. It's almost like they wake up a fresh Arsenal fan that morning, and providing we do what we need to do that particular day, mm. they then, you know, uh, they, they then describe that as being job done. I, I'm happy that we beat Manchester United. I'm happy that we beat a Mourinho team, and, you know, I enjoy it when we win. But people are trying to... Trying to bring in their agendas off the back of wins and defeats. Don't get me wrong, you know the the arson outbreak do it enough when we <laughs> when we lose. And I think, as always, I mean, you know, we're trying to sum up whether that was a good performance or a good win. And the people that are saying we were absolutely brilliant um, uh, have got it wrong. And I think the people who are saying we were we were rubbish and lucky are wrong. I think the answer is somewhere in between. I thought we had the best chances in the game. The mm. Hayes had to pull off two really good saves, and then we've scored two. It's lucky that we scored the first one because I, I do agree that I don't think they'd have been dragged out of position for goal two if they if we hadn't scored goal one. But at the end of the game, I thought we deserved it. But in a nice on an isolated day, a game against Man U that didn't really mean much, you've got to be happy with it. But I think that you know the season as a whole, still up to this point, if it ends today or you know it's 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 dragging on to an end with with the other fixtures that we've got. I don't think it defines our league season at all. I don't think I don't think it will mean much. And you mentioned the atmosphere. I mean, I I didn't go to the game. I watched on TV. I, I can't remember a time I've ever heard Arsene Wenger actually on TV because mm. he's got he hasn't really got a voice that carries at all. And there were at least two instances yesterday where you could hear him, and they actually showed him on the bench, and yeah. you could hear him exactly what he was saying. No, really? You could hear a pin drop in that stadium. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it felt like that mm, at the stadium, but Completely, yeah. um, you could hear players on the pitch. <laughs> and I tell you, I tell you just one other quick thing: uh, I w- it was on the same time as the National League semi-final in their playoffs, so I was watching that as well—a non-league game with about three thousand people there. And I'm used to watching that division. There's only like three hundred people in the stadium. All you can hear is the players shouting, "Like man on." You could hear that yesterday in the Arsenal game and I was switching over to Forest Green Dagenham and you could just hear the crowd, you know, we're going to Wembley. So and there was only 3,000 of them. So it must have felt like that for the, for the rest of the crowd. And I don't know. What I was Wenger saying on the bench? I'm intrigued. Was he I was like, saying Jacka, to me, Jacka, was, don't shoot. Pass the Maltesers. <laughs> yeah, pass the Maltesers for the other side. He was saying something about higher up, higher up. Something like oh, that. Was he? Someone, oh, right. he was obviously pushing. Uh, I think he was pushing Oxlade Chamberlain a bit further up the pitch. Right. Um, but look, good performance. Good performance. Yeah. I'm not getting carried away. No. Off the back of beating as 
I said in that DM to all of us earlier, a, a, a team that looked half bothered and 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 with bigger things on their mind. Yeah. If 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 that's part of a a ten game unbeaten run where we've you know won in the semi final, maybe drawn at Tottenham and looked good in other matches, then great. I'll I'll be as positive as anyone. But you know people are forgetting that we we beat Leicester at home with a deflected goal. I mean we, we've been extremely lucky this season, and all mm. all the stats bear that out. Our our performances must improve. They must improve. If he's staying, he's staying. Let's get the agendas out of the way. We definitely need to improve, and and surely even the the people that want him to stay must agree mm. with that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, well, let's talk about some individual players because so your your favourite um, the ox. A lot. So the other the other yeah. uh, theory of the moment is that in this formation, in the three at the back formation, with him having some kind of you know quasi defensive role. And uh, it allows him to attack. He was pretty good yesterday, wasn't he? I mean, he was better than, you know. Yeah. But I'm not... So on the Alga Oxometer, are we like, you know, we should definitely still get rid of him? Would you get rid of him completely? Or is he a valuable squad player who's actually... Or this role's actually bringing the best out of him to some extent? Not convinced? I'm not entirely convinced. I will will go back to a point I made a few weeks ago, which which was that I think all of these players that I've criticised or other people have criticised or I've praised, they definitely do deserve a clean slate if a new guy comes in obviously I don't think that's happening but no. what, I, what I've said and I've said this most of the season is that these players are given different instructions all week they're given weird teams to work with like why was you really playing against Tottenham mm. that's not every other player on the on the team's fault when that happens no so if you've got Giroud up front and there's not one person apart from well, there's two people maybe maybe Giroud's parents you want to be involved in this there's maybe four people on the planet that would have played Giroud in that game and I don't know if Giroud's parents would have done maybe not so you've got, maybe not. got Wenger who's the other one but then Wenger the, Giroud's parents who's the fourth that would have played him well, he's him. got two parents I'm hoping oh two parents yeah, the, oh yeah okay yeah yeah I'm hoping. Um, I think his dad would take him out of the firing line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's him. what I was but thinking. Does, yeah. does that then become the fault of the other 10 players on the pitch that they've got him up front and no, then their whole performance not. becomes yeah. bad? So I, I think someone like Oxley chamberlain definitely deserves a clean slate because mm. people with far better football brain than me tell me that he has got the attributes. So I'm, I, I need to see that. I need to see that week in, week out. We wrote a big article on the Betway site today about Aaron Ramsey having a good game. Well, sorry, it was referred to as a great game, but oh, in reality... Right. But, man of the match, so I was going to talk about that. But in was reality, he, those players should be playing that yeah. well yeah. seven times out of ten. Like Emmanuel Petit. You wouldn't... I mean, yeah. if you go back to 98, you wouldn't write that about Emmanuel Petit, would you? You would just say, he did what we expected yeah, him yeah, to yeah. do. I Let's think, move on. Aaron Ramsey, man of the match, Matt? <laughs> possibly, but I think he's having a seven out of ten game after a run of fives and fours, yeah. and it looks a lot better. And it's the same with Oxley Chamberlain. I think yeah. I'm really glad Oxley Chamberlain has stopped making mistakes that cost us goals. Mm. But I think there's still a lot of room for improvement. I think you're right; he deserves a clean state, and you know, especially if a new guy comes in, see what he can do with him because he's been shunted around the pitch. And um, but I just don't want to get carried away with these performances. I thought Ramsey played the best I've seen him for a long time possibly man in the match um, but that doesn't mean he's suddenly a world beater again he's no. not got that no. 2013 no. form I thought the holding it was a, sorry it was, a, it was a good performance but not there weren't a lot of standout performances no. in it no. I mean you know it was a good solid team performance but I think he probably I'd say he probably was man of the match probably. but yeah. um, but not, not it wasn't really really obvious 
yeah. I think it goes back to the, like I said that, that binary fan base either it's we're absolutely terrible or absolutely brilliant and they do it with the players as well and I think Holding got so much praise for how well he played and he definitely did play well at Wembley against Man City and then obviously he doesn't get picked for the next game as everyone's saying well that's got to knock his confidence because I think he's brilliant well you don't think he's brilliant you just you just know that he had a good yeah. game against City and you want him to repeat that Yeah. which Arsenal fan wouldn't want him to repeat that but I, I, I actually I might be in a mi- minority here I thought the mistake yesterday was Koscielny's fault I thought Koscielny did that possible, and yeah. I'm just using my hands to sort of say bring the ball to me yeah yeah and he did do that and he put it towards Koscielny and then Koscielny backed off as if to say Czech's yeah, going to get it. So yeah, it I'm, 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 I'm going to give Holding um, mm. the benefit of the doubt on that one. But he had a, he had a reasonably good game. These are, these, are, these are players thrown into different formations each week with what I believe is very little instruction. I'm not in the changing room. And, and, he, even and with I'll the, have to say for Jeff's purposes, that's not a fact. It's Jeff just my Arsenal. opinion. Even with the three at the back, like was like, I was watching the post-match interview, must have been either on Match of the Day or Oscar, I can't remember which one. And he was like, oh, you know, just the interviewer said, oh, there's the three at the back making you much more defensively stable. And I thought, well, he didn't against Spurs. And you keep changing which three it is at the back. Sorry. Why is he... T- I, again, you know, for me, uh, it's more... It's, and I know it's going on about him again, and you, you did make the point. That was a good point that um, you know, if he's staying, he's staying. We've all got to, we've got to just got to deal with it, haven't we? In our individual ways. But I finding it like yesterday Copian for me, mechanism. yeah, like it's like, well, you've picked a different three. You know why Gabriel? You know you know I've got why Monreal and not Gabriel? You know the three that t- played pretty well against City in the semi final. You haven't played that three again. It's just mm. I don't get what's going on in his mind. And I have to talk about the jury factor yet again. Like. I mean, I'm sorry, but within 10 seconds of the game yesterday, I was like, the relief that we didn't have to deal with him, as the, the, I thought was just palpable among everyone, the players, the fans, everyone. It's like, just please God, just stop it with him now. And this just made, underline even more that when he has picked him in all these games recently, what were you think? what was he thinking? Am I being unfair? No, I don't think so. I think it doesn't work in this formation particularly. It doesn't work, you know, he's got... I think he's he's a bit of a scapegoat and unfair, unfairly because he scores some good goals and he scores quite a lot of good goals. He's he's a he's a decent fifteen to twenty goal striker and has been pretty much every season. But he definitely looks a lot slower in this in a in a team that's crying out for pace and it has cried out for yeah. pace for a long time. He definitely holds things up and and that is baffling to me. Why you know I would play Welbeck up front every single game now, but I guess it's a a case of managing his fitness and a few other factors potentially. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, being nice to Wenger here it is a bit baffling. And then to take put Gabriel back in after the magic, yeah. then to take him out again because he screwed up. It's, it is a bit weird. He's obviously trying to make trying to make trying everything he can to make it for something click but you know, yeah. maybe we didn't stop to see that actually it was alright for a bit <laughs> it's weird isn't it Amy Lodge wrote a thing interesting about Xhaka as well today did you, did you read that that saying maybe Xhaka's come, coming good got it good. bookmarked because someone said it was really good too. yeah it was interesting I mean you know it was just like I mean you know he was also decent yesterday you know I mean compared to some of his and a lot of pundits like I saw someone I wish I could remember it was saying that our big signings this year you know Mustafi him and of course the striker is, never gets to play even not even on the bench now is he injured um, don't think so uh, I, the, yeah the, uh, I, I think keep forgetting his name because he's never played Perez Perez, Perez thank you um, yeah I mean there's um, the official word is he's injured but that that right. feels like something to save face for him yeah just yeah. you know so a lot of pundits are saying our signings have been terrible and disastrous I don't think they've been that I think I think Jack has shown moments of promise and if it hadn't been for him trying 
that shot from oh, she does every game you know yeah. did it again later in the game but you've then, got four, four players who've come in to a, dis, to a team that from about November December time became dysfunctional right exactly so you know for, for one of them to to pick up the whole team by the scruff of its neck is a bit of a tall yes, last exactly yeah. I think yeah. Mustafi was quite good earlier in yeah, the season he was yeah um, even I think Perez is when he's when he's played has looked yeah. pretty decent to me um, Shaka for me the jury's still out no, um, but he's only out, been here a season and yeah. people do always do yeah, say yeah. give the guy a chance you know mm, and, exactly. I, and I think we all want the, the immediate quick fix success, success these days but I, I still don't think it's unreasonable to say first season you're still kind of bedding in yeah. Yeah. and then let's you know it's the classic judge me in May I'm not saying that but next season we'll, we'll probably see um, something a bit different and also it's not his fault Wenger's tried as the point that um, Amy Lawrence made in their piece he's just tried constantly change that midfield that central mm. midfield just all the time and he has not seized upon a, a good, you know so now we've got Ramsey and Jack and it's sort of it's doing okay you know but it's his fault it's not it's not the player's fault that he keeps hasn't come up with the right exactly it's what I was saying earlier I mean you, you, you make pairings on the pitch you get used to you know who's, who's to your left who's to your right what you've been asked to do um, what kind of runs different people make and I, I, I know I get that the modern game has squad rotation but you should still all play to a, you know the relatively same instructions each match yeah barring sort of what you're trying to stop the opposition do it, to do and 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 it, whichever two are in the midfield they should they should come with the same instructions and same um, competencies on each side of the pitch but they just it just it goes back to the thing of just I'm sure players are just thrown out there and just yeah. told to get on with it and it does make I mean could you blame Alexis for the fact that in the North London derby he looked poor I, he looked poor yes, yesterday mm. a few times I mean I he, thought he, he tries better little, yesterday than but he, he tries that little dink over the top doesn't he and, and he had to do that with Giroud because Giroud wasn't making a run yeah so does that then become Giroud playing badly but Alexis Alexis having a bad performance because Giroud's in front of him and there's nothing nothing more he can do I think so I think he was much better I thought he was I th- he was my man in the match yesterday I know hmm. I, I mean I, I think you know a lot of people are still slugging him off saying you know he should go got rid of the ball two minutes but he turns he, over the ball too many times he doesn't times. lose the ball he, he, it's, I, think, I just think it's easier for, for, for defence to take the ball off him than the rest of the players because he's trying to do much more with it yeah, he's true, trying to dribble true. and he's yeah. trying to do something creative and his work it. rate is, is phenomenal and that's the thing that slightly worries me about when he goes yeah. I think I think it is going to go. That, you know, that's the feeling I get. And yeah, um, just his interview on Sky. I mean, it was literally like you know, well, I'm going to see what happens in yeah. the season. I, you know, Which I mean, what a miracle would it take <laughs> for him to stay? Well, exactly. And um, but, you know, all through the season, he does. He makes a lot of mistakes, and his body language is not being great from time to time. But his work rate is phenomenal, yeah. and the rest of the team and creatively you know, he doesn't he's, work that hard. He's contributing. He's, he, I mean, that ball, that ball over the top that you talked about, it, it kind of worked. He did it. Again. He did do it again. And, uh, it yeah, worked yeah, for one, yeah. in one situation, yeah. and I just think he just—he's unpredictable. So you know, he, he shoots from angles that other no one. Just everything I thought yesterday, he, I just thought he was by far the most creative mm. player, an influential player, and even—I mean, even Özil was decent yesterday. Which finally, I mean, and there were moments actually where he, again he, he at one point he missed a terrible misplaced pass in the first. I can't remember who too, which was embarrassing, but. But generally, they had moments. In the think, second half, him and Sanchez were just like passing to each other hmm. quite nicely. It's like they didn't want to deal with anyone else <laughs> in the team. Um, but even, everything, though, but even before saying that, they all look better because Manchester United let us look better, didn't yeah, they? I think I mean, the, for me, the point about Sanchez is if, the, if he gives the ball away that often against a great United side, we probably get punished once or twice yeah, on the break. True, true. But then, you know, maybe, maybe he doesn't try that if we're playing a better United side. Yeah. 
Maybe, yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about the game. I want to mention uh, Jose Mourinho as well after this break. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. And we're back from the break. Um, Josie Marina, I just want to say, you know, I, I, I like, after his post-match interviews were I know he's a twat but I do hate him even more every time I see him like I, I, I know it, the only thing he puts into perspective for me is like the moral difference between like all managers talk shit I guess to some extent but for me Marino does it's more full of shit than anyone else I can think of in terms of everything he said is just utter nonsense he was going on about oh you know everything like he doesn't take any any um, responsibility for the fact with the way he set up that team it was like oh we would have won if they hadn't scored that lucky goal like I don't think you would have done you, you said them in the most boring way everything he said was ludicrous am I the only one <laughs> it was it's touched through gritted teeth that he yeah. you know, lose to Wenger and he had to say something complimentary and it ended up in his classic way kind of twisting it round so that it wasn't very complimentary after all oh. he's, he's, a, he's, he's an extraordinary he's quite an extraordinary I, I would love to know um what the Man United fans as a general think mm. about him because he's made them harder to beat I know this is not Man United possible we'll stop after this but it's a quite an interesting point because yeah, you know, he, is, he is this um, self-appointed special one but I don't think and I don't think they've been particularly exciting to watch at least not the games yeah. I've seen anyway and he, he so he picked this team and he, he, before the match he said oh Arsene is going to love me because I'm picking this team of youngsters or whatever he called them the B team which had one youngster in it and the rest of them Cost more, I believe, than than our, our entire team. I think his subs bench cost more than our team. Yeah, yeah. The bench cost more than our team, and I just think it's. I can't take him. It can't even begin to take him seriously. And yeah, he does annoy. He can't get at me. He must get. I must get a, lots of people. But I just find him completely offensive individual. Everything he does. I like him. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Would you like him to be manager of Arsenal? Absolutely. Oh. I'll take him tomorrow. Oh, I'll take him tomorrow. Really? Yeah. He's a winner, and I tell you what, that United team will will do stuff next year. They definitely will. No, it does they'll, feel win, like he's they'll win. They'll win things next year. I, I actually think they'll win. The, they'll go very close in the league next year. Um, I think. Well, I mean, they should do, shouldn't they? I mean, well, got... d- yeah, and, and they should do. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's yeah. not like he's plucked um, no. a team out of nowhere. But then again, people always accuse him of that, and he did do that. He did do that when he was a much younger manager with no experience. I mean, this thing. I, I think people are quite. I, I get why Arsenal fans hate Mourinho, but I mean, in a broader football sense, I like him and I like mm. what he does with his teams. And this they thing are boring, of, though, aren't they? They're, I mean, they're... I thought the Porto team that he had were incredible. And, oh yeah, but I and, mean, like what he's done with. But he 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 knows that he's <laughs> he's the, he's there to win things, and he, he he's got an amazing record of winning things, regardless of the money spent. And I think he'll do it at, at United and. Yeah, he'll do it with loads of money, but he'll he'll deliver. I mean, he's he's likely to end this season with two trophies. 
you know, as bad as you yeah, of course, are. yeah. And yeah. as much as it's only, you know, he clearly doesn't trust half the players there. I get that feeling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And he is unbelievably openly critical of the I think players. he was told by the United board, someone's, someone on one of the United podcasts, which is, this, this has turned into... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I think he was told to, My to only rein it in is, Would you like him as the manager of Arsenal? Yeah. I did ask that question. Carry on. I think he was told to rein in his behaviour. I think was there was it? a period around November where even Ferguson... Right. had to have a word with him and say, right, um, you know, tell me your comments have yeah. just been OTT yeah. and you need to focus on the team. And they went on the unbeaten run after that. So, And then he started saying how, he, you know, he ment- is mentally manipulating Oh, I think, I think he does do that. And he does, I mean, if he's, if he's got to you, then what he's yeah. trying to do is get yeah. to all the other managers he's in the league. over the Arsenal podcast. Again, it's <laughs> like Maltese gate all over again. It's, it's Mourinho gate. I would hate to have him. You see, I do the job. I, I have a, you know, I... I wouldn't mind having loads of opposition managers of, of rival teams as, as our manager. I think they could do a better job than Vega, yeah. but he he could do a better job, I'm sure. But I still want him to be manager. Yeah, I, I just think you know Arsenal's done enough that we can't create a situation where he's sitting at home watching Mourinho with his <laughs> girlfriend. <and all> that. <laughs> <laughs> Even I'd agree with that. Cruel. That would <laughs> be, be far too cruel. That would be horrendous. Did you see the story that we're going to buy that um, Mbappe? Um, for was it eighty five million? We're gonna we're gonna eighty five million and a guarantee that he will be a starting striker. Yeah. You can never do that with players, especially young players. No, basically saying that to a young player. I mean, I, hey, I'm not saying anyone at Arsenal has said this to him. I mean, it's been leaked that that's the way we phrased it. But imagine, you know, we've we've got a bad work ethic as it, as it is at the club. Yeah, I'm not saying to someone you're a starting striker and you're guaranteed. And also, how old is he? 18, 19? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Massive what season pressure. of growing yeah. pains. You yeah. can't you just leave him in the team. I imagine that once uh, season ticket renewals are done, they'll tell him that he's not a starting striker if he joins us anymore. In fact, we don't want him at all. <laughs> yeah, funnily <laughs> enough. Yeah, well, it's just embarrassing, isn't it? These stories. I mean, I think that's like come from maybe Gazidis or someone, you know. But wasn't, I mean, it, wasn't it the case that Wenger did that classic Wenger thing where he said, We nearly signed him? Is it, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Tear your hair out. Well, you did sign yeah. him. Oh, yeah. He's got to stop doing that. He keeps doing that. Yeah, we nearly signed it, fucking every great player in the world. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Yeah. And we're going to nearly sign Mbappe as well, probably, and not and absolutely 100% not sign him at all. I just think that's like a. You know, I think that's indicative of the behind the scenes thing that's going on, this whole kind of, you know, board Gazidis split with him. I think, like, you know, someone, I'm sure the board would love to buy him. I'm sure Gazidis tomorrow. That's why I, th- I think this whole thing about what we can and can't afford is such a myth because I think even Kroenke would let us spend 85 million on him tomorrow on a big player. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't give a shit. And Gazidis could sort that out. Do you, out. Think, do you really think would so? he even Absolutely. You're going even further than I would in saying that, that, that Wenger's basically lying about this and keeping oh, totally. it all into himself. Absolutely. We could only find out by him going what, and someone coming in splashing yeah, 150 I mean, what I mean million is, straight I, off. What I mean is, I just, I think it's everything about, so this particular example is kind of partly why I bring it up because it is, a, I, it's, it is nonsense, but I do think it's, it, as you said, I do think it's been leaked by someone in the hierarchy because all, you know, mm. one paper and they all followed through and talk, just talk, talked about it. They, I'm sure they would love. They would love it because it would placate the fans. I think. I think they're more scared yeah. about the fan thing, and about you know because this is every day they have to deal with you know some kind of stuff about the fans complaining. And I don't think Fanny gives a shit about that. So he's happily you know sitting there like I'm not. He would never spend 85 million on an 18 year old in his life, let alone promise them they're going to start as you say. And there is any you know, school of thought, isn't there, that actually it's got to the point. Um, uh, that doesn't really matter who he signs because the same mistakes will keep happening. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's yeah. the kind of structural weaknesses that are sure. there. So sure, but I don't think it's in him. I think it's I think it's everything he's against is that that 
example of a signing. I just don't think, I think it would be the idea of spending 85 million on anyone, right? You know, even though it's the going rate. Well, it's going to kill Tuber Akpom, isn't it? It's yeah. going to kill Akpom, exactly. For all those, so in no way is he going to do that. But and yet, I think the board would love, would love us to buy that kind of play because they think they, because they think it'd be one way of placating the fans. So I do think it's, I, I don't think, I think we would absolutely spend that money with, with another manager. And I think they'd love it. And they may even impose it on him. Who knows? Really? I, I, I don't know. Cronky, I don't know how much of the, how much wind he gets of the stick but do you really think he'd allow that to happen because yeah I, you know I don't know I mean we, 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 yeah it's so <laughs> hypothetical because you only find out if Fenger goes and someone else comes in quite ambitious says I want this much money in the war chest and I want to spend it on X, Y and Z and if that person's prevented then we know, know all along that and would he even come you know, oh, it, that's it, the bigger idea. Well, yeah, that's exactly. The so there are so, there are so many variables here that lead, you know, lead it to be one of those stories that goes nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he spent the week, or his agent spent the week before that story, saying things like he only wants to sign for Barcelona or Real Madrid. So the board probably feel quite safe if they <laughs> right. are leaking this story. Yeah, that's that true. They're it's never actually going yeah. to have to. I wonder how many of those down the years have actually been leaked where there was just absolutely no chance of getting the player. Um, Ibrahimovic hasn't played in either game against us. Someone said today. Oh yeah, he, he, he was the one that. Yeah, I don't do trials. Uh, yeah, that's right. We could yeah. have signed the list. The list of players back, that he nearly bought. Him. Yeah, I mean Messi. Did he nearly buy Messi? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Messi. Yeah, um, Suarez. Obviously, I mean we didn't nearly buy him. Did you see the Ian Wright thing on BT Sport on Saturday? Where they, you know, that thing where, t- and he was launched this rant about how when he went back to the Suarez situation, he's talking about Dick Law missing flights to sign players. He was quite, it was quite a kind of, you know, he's slagging off Gazidis, and mm. he was, he was, his thing was like, you know, the whole cup is a shambles. Well, hasn't Özil? Yeah, he's, he only deal with Josh Cronkey. Josh Cronkey. So he's, he doesn't want Dick Law involved in the transfers. Oh, that true? Maybe that's why Wright was asked that question. Yeah, probably. Maybe yeah. that's come out of that, but. I mean, I had a thought about that. It's, it, you know, it's a bit of wild speculation, but if you're Urzel and you've discovered that no one else wants to buy you and you're actually going to have to go back and accept the offer, it makes it look a bit better on your part if it's, well, yeah, we got Josh Cronkey involved and I got what I wanted rather yeah, than I came yeah. back to the club with my tail between my legs and accepted what's been on the yeah. table for months. Which is still double what he earns, if, yeah. if that's correct. I mean, I, I don't know whether he should even be offering that, quite honestly. It seems uh, you know he's, he's had a, he hasn't had a great season. Certainly not second half of the season, and to suddenly double his wages. Yeah, I think it's. I, I mean, I, I you know I I was so thrilled when we bought Özil, but I I, think I have gone the other way. Now. Yeah, my, I've my, become like Özil out like I became Wenger after. I'm, I, you know, I like in a weak he's, kind of way. He's a great technical footballer, but yeah. he's, he's not. He, you know, you can't you, in the right team, and you, and you yeah. do feel with Arsenal, he's not quite right. the right team. Someone said to me yesterday, like, well, look at the way he plays for Germany compared to the way he plays for us. Like, I've never seen him give a bad performance for Germany. Oh, you just see him. Well, I don't know. But I, no, no, like, no. I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm frowning because in the German national team, he's got you know instruction structure yeah, well, around course, him. Yeah, sure. And, uh, yeah. Sort of, and yeah. they are odds-on favourites for most games that they play. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I, I don't know. But there's almost—he almost feels like like everyone goes on. About his, you know, he's such a shadowy presence and his his languid style. He doesn't seem languid when he plays for Germany. No, not I've never all, thought. Not so I never thought of him. This is this is what I wanted to say. I've never thought of him as that languid until he came to Arsenal. He became languid. It kind of mm. like we you, made him languid. It makes you wonder about our Shavin. You know, yeah. he was he was electric yes. when right. he first arrived, and then everyone decided he was the laziest player that ever been at the club. Yeah. But are we? Is it just that we're ruiners of men? Thomas Rizicki, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it was the Czech David Beckham did everything, ran yeah. their midfield, 
And if you're watching for Czech Republic, we, you know, was busting a gut week in, week out. Yeah. With us, he couldn't even bother to get think, on the pitch. Well, I think he was great for us when he was, when he was bloody fit, but he was never fit. I thought, he, I thought he was a great player. Yeah, it's a, when he was... Alexander Hleb is another one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it is, maybe it is us. <laughs> I think it is us, yeah. So would, I'm going to want, would you, would, do you want Ozil to, to sign a new contract for gazillions of thousands of pounds a week? Uh, I would like Ozil to sign if he can play with runners and not Giroud. If he can, you know, if, I mean... Oh, so if we, if we ditch Giroud, if we sell... Someone wants to buy him, doesn't they? Like, well, why hasn't he gone already? I mean, just, just get rid of him. So, I think he's a good squad, squad player and we should keep him. Oh, yeah, him. but the problem with having a good squad player like him is he's going to play him all the time. No, I don't, look. Every, I mean, 25 minutes one thing goes to, wrong, to, to, bring to do something different. Mm. It's not, it's not Wenger's right. style, but 25 minutes to do something different, he can... Yeah. Like Jim said, he's got he's got a good record, a good scoring record for us. It's just when you, I, I, what was the line I used earlier in the season? He, he's as good as he's as good as he is until you rely on him to be that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, all right, and but, that's that's the problem okay. with yeah, it. Yeah, when but he's just got to, something to prove, coming off the bench after being yeah. dropped. Oh, I'm fine as long as we can have some rule where he's always on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the same rule, Mbappe's going to always start. But then so be, none of those are going to happen. But he'd start against Forest away in the League Cup, and that's great. And oh, uh, fine, yeah, but yeah, I just but, think my only issue, Wenger's always going to. Someone, someone, I think it might have been Barney Rona who writes funny tweets about him every single day now. Pretty much says something about you know, Wenger felt bad to him, so gave him ten starts in a row. You know, that's the kind of thing he will do. He's not going to just bring him on as a sub. He's going to play him in really important games like Spurs away because he's fucking nuts. That was so. Nice. What I'm saying is, is that without that guarantee, yeah. that he's not going to have Giroud annoying us all. Would you sign him? I I think there's still a great player in Ozil, but right. there's so many variables. You know. Who's the manager? Well, assuming Wenger's the, the manager, yeah. Would you re- really? Would you? you want more? I of think that? if you love so, if you love someone, set them free from this club. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sell them all. I would. I would right now. Personally, I would be happy. And I never thought I'd say this to see Urzel go, to see Ramsey go, and I, I, don't, I want Alexis to say definitely because I just think he, he he's capable of so much more. But, but I think that gets to the crux is, of the matter, which yeah. is that Arsenal feels stale at the yeah. moment. We we go from one decent result then to another stodgy one, and then yeah. something, and then it goes up, and it and it's been very much like that since Christmas and, and you could argue going back a lot longer than that and, and it feels stale and you need, you need some change the question is how much change you're not realistically going to sell 15 players in the summer and sign 15 it doesn't happen that no. way right. so, so some, will, some, people, some players will stay that, so would that you would, get rid of Ozil? Well, Ozil I, do you know given, given the turmoil in the club and even with, if Wenger stays I think there'll be a, a few players that go and a few that come in I think he's, I think he's not the year to do it Oh, okay. I, I think wh- yeah. whether he gets a new contract, I don't know, but I wouldn't get rid of him this summer. This, this set him free <laughs> theory is just like the, the marriage failing, and then sending your favourite kids off to boarding school is just like <laughs> just get out of there. No, I can't, I can't have it at all. But keep him. That's yeah, right. He was great earlier in the season. He's got yeah, nine goals. Yeah. Oh no, exactly. exactly. Well, you keeping us as a squad uh, player as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got to build a team around him. But I don't see. I'm, I'm a bit torn on it because I don't think he deserves the absolute mega bucks. No. And I wonder if we should pull out and say, do you know what? I don't think many people are going to want to offer I don't think, who's going to that buy much him? money who's for him? Because he him? doesn't fit into no. where he needs to be. It's like when they're talking about Alexis, right? You can go back to Spain, but you will be that squad player that you were before and you'll be used in certain situations where you're, you know, you're the big fish here. You, you, oh yeah, you, but I think Alexis, you're the first Chelsea name would on the buy team Alexis, City would, maybe. Be, I, I don't think you'd be the first name on a team sheet at either of those places. If, 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 all the squad were fit and they were the same squads as this season. I think he becomes a bench player there or like a 15 league, 15 league starts a season player for them. 
I really do. I think you'd play pre-regularly, but I, right, it depends but who they get rid sure, of. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but Urza, but spoken about Urza, who yeah, who's going to buy him? I I think like you know, I think he'd do well at like Everton maybe, but you know, I can't see him really. I think people would buy him. He's it's better than that. Not at no, I know he's better. Than, but I can't see any but of the really big teams right, buying okay. him. I can't see. You know, there was a story about United, really, because I think Jose Mourinho wrote the foreword to his new book, which, yeah. is, by, by the way, is weird, even itself. Why is, mm. why, you know, why is Mourinho well, writing that? Well, he is that? the best manager that Ozil's ever played on. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, Ozil, Ozil said it. Is that what he said? I'm yeah. going to say it. Yeah. Arsene Wenger would say it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't see any big, really big team here by you. Maybe, maybe like PSG or something like that. Maybe they quite like kind of quite old... But, but players, I, I suppose well, you know, you to, to be, be fair to him, we have to see all of the all of the performances of all of our players within the, within the prism of a, of a, an underperforming team. Yeah. And he yeah. was in the, earlier in the season. He was he was good. Yeah. He, he scored nine fewer assists yeah, than last was, year, so but he scored right. nine goals. Yes. He went. He's gone downhill. He scored a he's brilliant not, goal. Let's let's be honest. He, he's not the only one. As and, the fixtures got it, harder, a lot of them went downhill. Well, I can't yeah. think of Mason. It goes to that kind of thing. Who, who's our player of the season? It probably is Alexis, purely on effort and, and goals alone. I think but, Santi, but, to be honest. I mean, what? We, look, we look like title challenges when he was in the that team. Month. How long was he? I can't but even, there are many players Chelsea, who got better. Chelsea's last, Chelsea victory's last game. When we, I'm going to say he game, played a couple after that. Maybe. maybe like at least one European. But again, I think his stock has risen. I think he's great, don't get me wrong. But I think his stock has risen far too high being being off the pitch. We do it with a lot of our players. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, Danny Welbeck <laughs> was a well-beater until he got on the pitch. And then we thought, like yesterday, he's a good player. He's yeah, no he more, just... no less. He's a good player. And he, he might become a very good player for us. But he, he his stock went so high after being injured. And and it, it's definitely happened with Cazorla. I mean, we need him back. And I want him back. And he's great for us. But... The way people talk about him now, I mean, no, I'm not saying just, I'm not saying he's a world beater, but I think he's probably you know he's I a agree. joy to watch, isn't yeah, he? Definitely, and, just, and definitely. Just he is. that string of ten, fifteen games is probably the best ten, fifteen games anyone's put in. Maybe apart from Alexis, maybe yeah. Shelney. Yeah, um, but I mean, he's he's what thirty two now, so we can't even as good as. No. He is. We it's can't a, rely on him. It's a real kick to the others if he I was does say, get it. I mean, I imagine, don't know imagine who Imagine the trolling it. if I'm you actually, gave it to Cazorla. I'm actually, uh, amazingly, I'm presenting the West Ham Player of the Year award tomorrow. Wow. Um, and a few of their fans are saying to me, right, well, I mean, I don't know who it is. Yeah. We generally, we generally will find out tomorrow when we get there. It'll be picked by the club. Is it like the Oscars where I hope they didn't give you the wrong envelope? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Give me the Warren Beatty of the... Uh... But, you know, they've had... La La La. Um... They've, they've had a season where a lot of players have slightly underperformed or not lived mm, up to expectation. Yeah. I, I'd be struggling to, to, to give theirs. I'd be struggling to give ours. I think it's got to be Alexis. Just look, I mean, just the, the goals. So, yeah. it's, it's still, he could still be golden boot winner with this team of yeah. shitty layabouts yeah, yeah. and this manager with, that, with, you know, with a, a minimum of a certain amount of respect. Um, I think it's got to be him personally. But I know loads of people hate him for, for, for weird because reasons. Because we're a binary family you know, people have turned Very against binary. him because of what was you know people yeah. suddenly made him a totem for what yeah. was going on at the club a few weeks ago look we've got we're, we're near we're, we've got two games to predict I think before which is obviously the most important element of the two away games two away games two tough away games because oh by the, the other thing I want to quickly make does anyone think we actually can still qualify for the top four yeah, is that, it's not oh, impossible really? oh, you, yeah. what, I was going to I didn't have time today because I had moved offices to Camden and it's ruined my life but um, I was going to try and work out all that you know all the Permutations of you in your so you think we can? I think it's not impossible. It would require it's out. It's out of our hands. I mean, I know. I mean, I know. Um, mathematically, we can. Yeah. But do you think there's any actual likelihood? Do you think it's like? Um, 
I think no. I don't. No, think okay, so. that's no, what no. I meant. No, because, because I know, like, I know literally, mathematically we can. Mathematically, you can. Chance. Eleven. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that. Just the way, we're, you the way we're playing, I, I don't see us. We need no. to win every single yeah. game, and yeah. I don't see. I, I think I Liverpool are capable of losing. I mean, they're so. What, I mean, what do you think Alan, about Liverpool dropping points at West Ham? Is that? That's possible. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, I think West Ham left a lot on the pitch on Friday yeah. night. I must admit, I'm glad they've got a bit of recovery time. I was there at the game, and uh, I mean, it was great to get behind our sponsorship of West Ham cheering against Tottenham. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, they were they were they were they really put a shift in. So they've got longer recovery time, haven't they? Because it's Sunday, um, and Liverpool are up in the air at the moment. I, I, I don't know. I think West Ham could get a draw. Yeah, mm. um, hopefully get a win. But I still, I mean, I, I still think. We need City to slip out. It's incredibly tough for us because as it gets towards the end, I don't know whether we're going to have one eye on the FA Cup final. And yeah, we've got a lot of game. We've got like yeah. packed, packed schedule before that cup final, haven't we? And yeah. it's going to it's going to rotate the fucking squad. Giroud's going to be yeah. back soon. I bet. Back Giroud will play at Stoke. Breathe deeply, boy. I can't. I can't face it. So all right. So let's predict, Matt. What is going to happen in um, in Southampton away, which is in fact uh, Wednesday night? Nil nil. Oh God. Alan, providing he um, picks roughly the same team as as yesterday um, and and uses Welbeck instead of Giroud, I'm going to say that we will win this game two nil. Mm. Jim, I'm inclining towards a win mm. um, or a score draw, but yeah, I, no, I think I think I think the, the nearer we get to the pressure being off, the more the more we might raise our game and. Yeah, I think a win. Score though, I need to score, Jim. Come oh, on. sorry, that's um, not good. That's not accurate. That's not particular. I think. I think one nil. Okay, I'm going to go. Um, I was going to go one nil. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'll go one nil as well. We're allowed to pick the same score. Um, back to Matt for the um, Stoke away. The joy, the unparalleled giddy pleasure that will be playing Stoke away. I think Stoke are on the beach, and I think actually we'll comfortably win that one two nil. Alan, yeah, me too. And again comes with a caveat of uh, providing he picks the right team yeah. which you can you know you can't no see God, the team sheet before you do these predictions but I'm in agreement with Matt I think um, I think before the game you'll hear about how difficult it is to go there and that we're always crap up there but I, I actually think that we'll win that quite comfortably that one as well score 3-0 oh did you say 3-0 mm. and Jim well just to be contrary and because we're playing midweek are, are they playing midweek Stone? No. no right well just to be contrary I'm going to go for a score draw and I'm okay. going to say one one. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go three one. I think to us. I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Um, thanks very much, Matt, Alan, and Jim. And uh, we'll be back with some more teasers next Monday. I think. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at the whistleblowers.net and it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one sports social podcast network